Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Monday, May 27. That's Memorial Day. Welcome to Daily Walk. Um, If you're here in Colorado, it might be actually really cold still. I don't know. Yes. I'm predicting (laughs) that it's not going to be a super nice day. We've had the weirdest weather lately. So at this point, it's Uh supposed to be safe to plant your garden. But I'm going, I don't know. I might have to wait until the 4th of July. I know. That's the new holiday. We had trees, branches break. But yeah, last and, week oh. it was in the 30s again, and oh. it's just, who, who knows? And then tomorrow I'll be 90, I'm sure. But I am Becky de Oliveira. I don't think I said and that. I'm and I'm Jay Fit de Oliveira. And uh, about Memorial Day. excited for today, excited for this passage again um, in Amos chapter 3 and 4, and uh, for this week as well as we're continuing in the series Shepherd's Roar. And uh, we're only in the second week of the series, five week part series. And for Nathan Brown's. Uh, writing the daily walk. So let me pray for today. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for this passage of Scripture, as complex and difficult as it is. And uh, we look for uh, the bigger picture. We look for more understanding, and we look for your Spirit to lead us into that place. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Okay, today is NLT Day, the New Living Translation. And I'm again reading from Amos chapters 3 and 4. Listen to this message that the Lord has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the entire family I rescued from Egypt. For among all the families on the earth, I have been intimate with you alone. That is why I must punish you for all your sins. Subheading, Witnesses Against Guilty Israel. (laughs) Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Does a lion ever roar in a thicket without first finding a victim? Does a young lion growl in its den without first catching its prey? Does a bird ever get caught in a trap that has no bait? Does a trap spring shut when there's nothing to catch? When the ram's horn blows a warning, shouldn't the people be alarmed? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has planned it? Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. The Lord has roared, so who isn't frightened? The sovereign Lord has spoken, so who can refuse to proclaim his message? Announce this to the leaders of Philistia and to the great ones of Egypt. Take your seats now on the hills around Samaria and witness the chaos and oppression in Israel. My people have forgotten how to do right, says the Lord. Their fortresses are filled with wealth taken by theft and violence. Therefore, says the sovereign Lord, an enemy is coming. He will surround them and shatter their defenses. Then he will plunder all their fortresses. This is what the Lord says. A shepherd who tries to rescue a sheep from a lion's mouth will recover only two legs or a piece of an ear. So it will be for the Israelites in Samaria lying on luxurious beds and for the people of Damascus reclining on couches. Now listen to this and announce it throughout all Israel, says the Lord, the Lord God of heaven's armies. On the very day I punish Israel for its sins, I will destroy the pagan altars at Bethel. The horns of the altar will be cut off and fall to the ground. And I will destroy the beautiful homes of the wealthy, their winter mansions, and their summer houses too, all their palaces filled with ivory, says the Lord. Subheading, Israel's Failure to Learn. Listen to me, you fat cows living in Samaria, you women who oppress the poor and crush the needy, and who are always calling to your husbands, bring us another drink. 
The Sovereign Lord has sworn this by His holiness. The time will come when you will be led away with hooks in your noses. Every last one of you will be dragged away like a fish on a hook. You will be led out through the ruins of the wall. You will be thrown from your fortresses, says the Lord. Go ahead and offer sacrifices to the idols at Bethel. Keep on disobeying at Gilgal. Offer sacrifices each morning and bring your tithes every three days. Present your bread made with yeast as an offering of thanksgiving. Then give your extra voluntary offerings so you can brag about it everywhere. This is the kind of thing you Israelites love to do, says the Sovereign Lord. I brought hunger to every city and famine to every town, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I kept the rain from falling when your crops needed it the most. I sent rain on one town but withheld it from another. Rain fell on one field while another field withered away. People staggered from town to town looking for water, but there was never enough. But still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I struck your farms and vineyards with blight and mildew. Locusts devoured all your fig and olive trees, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I sent plagues on you like the plagues I sent on Egypt long ago. I killed your young men in war and led all your horses away. The stench of death filled the air, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. I destroyed some of your cities as I destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Those of you who survived were like charred sticks pulled from a fire, but still you would not return to me, says the Lord. Therefore, I will bring upon you all the disasters I have announced. Prepare to meet your God in judgment, you people of Israel. For the Lord is the one who shaped the mountains, stirs up the winds, and reveals his thoughts to mankind. He turns the light of dawn into darkness and treads on the heights of the earth. The Lord God of heaven's armies is his name. I've got to say that good old Amos is a bit of a writer. He's a bit of a good writer. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, uh, there's even definitely a, some hyperbole. Yeah, I mean, and he's got if, like, his pr- his progression of logic as well. I mean, he's just like he's building up. Well, these, there is no logic, as I mentioned yesterday. Well, uh, there is. There, he's got this little. He's got this little <laughs> logic right at the beginning here, in the sense of you know, can two walk together? Oh, well, I was going to say that. Line. I mean, he's got this little logical line, this riff going on until he's like, and bam, he lays it down. And I, I love this. Verse 13 at the end of chapter 4, uh, chapter four here as well. It's just a really beautiful, for the Lord is one who shaped the mountains, stirs up the winds. Just great words, great choice words. I'm glad it pleased you. <laughs> that it does, does. That makes me it happy. Does. All right. I always think that, well, you know, there's, some, there's something for everyone. <laughs> there is. All right. It's a good thing. All right. Um, let's uh, read the question for today then. Um, how can... Uh, Chosenness. Yes. How can chosenness be a challenge? Yeah. Sorry, I was just pausing. How can chosenness be a challenge? What are some of the ways you can see this play out in families, churches, and nations? Well, I mean, right away, this chapter shows that being the chosen people, i.e., Israel, is Mm. not an enviable position to be in. Yeah, I suppose. Because I mean, mean, look at every the 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 challenge of chosenness seems to be that you are singled out for like if you don't do what you're supposed to do, there is. Yeah. There is um, difficulty coming your way. Isn't that, could we replace that word with, and I think that's why I paused it, could we replace that word with with, uh, responsibility? Sure, I mean, we could do that. I think that's a slightly different word. No, because I think think most of us have responsibility, but I, I guess maybe... Maybe in a way, um, a mantle has been placed upon you Mm. in some way. Responsibility 
So I, I guess if it helps. What are some of the ways you see this play out in families, churches, and nations? Well, think about that. If you're the chosen, chosen one, one in your family, you're the chosen one in your family. How was that for you? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you're the one. The <laughs> you were the one who was supposed to, you know, fulfill all your parents' dreams and ambitions. I don't think so. <laughs> it seems that way to me. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm just I think, asking. I you were chosen. How, I, how I would was say, it? Was I would it say a challenge or was it fun? I would say that there's a lot of us and uh, everybody is chosen in different ways. Well, then again, you're also chosen in the sense that Awkward moments. being a pastor, you get to be the chosen one. Is that a challenge? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. why? Yeah. How does uh, that play out? I think, I think well, responsibility. Um, I think it also rests with um, accepting it. I think you have to accept that you're chosen. I think the difficult thing, chosenness and, and if you reject it, responsibility. That's heavy. Okay, even if you accept your chosen status or your responsibility, I still think there's you cannot be responsible for everything. Like you know, you the sure? question talks about families, okay. churches. Okay, in families. You know, you're responsible for parenting your children. But at some point, you are not responsible well, sure. for the decisions so that they this, make. Is you, this you're not eternally responsible for you know, everything. What I, what I heard as you were reading this in, the, in this version, which I really enjoyed in the New Living Translation, is that a thought that just struck me right at the beginning here was, is this a wake-up call? Is this like this uh, this idea of the kind of like tough love approach that's re- really beginning here with Amos at the very at the end at the beginning of chapter three here? Is this kind of like him rattling their cages and just saying, "Come on, you know, you were chosen and you should be." And I, don't, I don't know what he's doing. Do you well, think that's it? Maybe? I wonder. I wonder whether he's just trying some kind of other approach to kind of like rally them up because he says, you know. You, don't, you have no idea what you're going to do because all these things, but still you would not return, still you would not return, still you won't return. I mean, he just keeps repeating this motif at Well, I mean, end. I know that people can use chosenness as a way to manipulate other yes, people. Yes, they can, yeah. Um, one example would be kind of placing responsibility that they should own for their own life onto sure. the chosen person. That it's your responsibility whether or not I accept God. And if I don't, it's because you've done something and there's elitism. wrong or because you won't do yeah. what I want you to do or because, you know, that kind of thing where I think that's highly manipulative. Yeah. And, but then it's like, I don't know. Um, I think it's worthwhile to I think, think we do have a responsibility mm-hmm. to one another. Some of us perhaps more than others. I don't know. Well, let me repeat the question one more time uh, and let's see what uh, you guys think about it today. How can chosenness be a challenge and what are some of the ways you see this play out in families, in churches, and in nations? Uh, Think about that, look after each other, live love, and we will connect tomorrow. Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you and we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers, look after each other, and live love.